This is Shifting Our Schools, Episode 67, a highly structured, loosely organized science model lesson. If you're looking to transform your classroom learning environment by engaging students as content creators, not just consumers, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to Shifting Our Schools. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to our podcast. As always, we appreciate you sharing our podcast with your teacher colleagues and, of course, leaving us reviews or reaching out to us on social media. We always love hearing from our listeners. It uh, has decided to be fall here in Seattle. We went from beautiful sunny skies one week and then as so often happens here in the Pacific Northwest, one day it starts raining And it seems like it doesn't stop until April. I'm just hoping that we get a little break from this. It seems a little early for uh, the rain to set in this year. So I'm hoping we come back. But we're all of a sudden, our highs are in the high 60s. uh, And it's got very cold very quickly here. And leaves are starting to change color uh, very quick. So I'm hoping that we get a a little respite here and uh, get some October sunshine before we really get into this fall weather. I hope the school year is off to a great start for all of you. Uh, Everybody's probably back in school school at this point Uh, and thinking about what does this school year mean and where are you going as you start to set those routines that are so critical at the beginning of this school year. I hope that you've been following uh, Eduro Learning on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, Chrissy Hellyer has started her Connected Teacher launch and has been creating some great video content on both platforms. So if you go to Facebook, if you're a Facebook user and you just type in Eduro Learning, that's E-D-U-R-O Learning, uh, you'll find our page there. And if you like our page, you can keep up to date with everything that Chrissy's posting there. And also on our YouTube channel. If you're a big YouTube user or user viewer, excuse me, <clears throat> my voice here. Um, there's always a great content that we are putting on YouTube as well. So make sure that uh, you're over there looking at some of the amazing content that is being created on that platform as well. Uh, with that, this week's free PDF, same as last week, we're still giving away our three simple ways to connect your classroom. It's a great way to start the year, uh, a great starting place to help you get your students connected this school year. You can download that by going to sospodcast.org slash CT for Connected Teacher. That's sospodcast.org slash CT for Connected Teacher. Or if you just go to sospodcast.org, you'll see up at the top a little CT. You can click on that and that will take you to our Connected Teacher page where you can see all of the different courses and PDFs. Uh, Many of them will be going on sale or be giving away free over the next few months as Chrissy launches her Connected Teacher micro-credential where you could spend uh, 26 weeks learning with Chrissy, being connected with Chrissy, and you have an instant connection as Chrissy lives in New Zealand. So how cool is that? A true connected educator um, helping you connect your classroom. Also, our integrated digital citizenship into your classroom course is still on sale this week. You can get this $27 course for just 15 bucks through September 16th. If you don't have the time to go through the course now, that's fine. You can buy the course while it's on sale uh, and then take it, take your time. You get a year to go through the course to look at all the resources that we put there for you. So uh, buy it now while it's on sale. It's 15 bucks and that's integrating digital citizenship into your curriculum, which when we talk about being a connected educator, 
is a big part of a uh, big part of the learning that comes with connecting your classroom outside the walls. Uh, so that's all there for you. Again, the free PDF, three simple ways to connect your classroom and $15 gets you integrated digital citizenship into your curriculum course. So you can head over to sospodcast.org slash CT and find all those resources there. Also, we're looking for educators just like you to be part of the Shifting Our Schools family of guests. Um, these Over these next few months, we're going to be focusing on the connected classroom and bringing uh, and being a connected teacher. We hear over and over again, I want to hear what other teachers are doing. And the only way we can do that is to have teachers share their story. So we are asking if you would love to be a guest, we would love to have you as a guest on Shifting Our Schools. Uh, if you want to just come and talk and hang out and talk about how you're connecting your classroom. And it's also a great way to start connecting with other educators. Uh, you get to leave your Twitter account, your email account, people can contact you, uh, and then you become a connected teacher and help your class connect outside of your classroom. You can head over to our contact page at sospodcast.org. You can send me an email. You can uh, hit me up on social media uh, or leave leave something on Flipgrid uh, over at sospodcast.org slash questions. You can leave a little video on our Flipgrid uh, talking about what do you want to talk about on the podcast. uh, And we'd love to have you. We're looking for, for teachers just like you to come and share their stories. It's through those stories that we all grow. And so uh, you help us, we help you, uh, and, and that's what makes this podcast so great. Today, I wanted to continue talking about this idea of a highly structured, loosely organized learning environment. I first floated this idea in episode 42 of the podcast, and then we revisited it with uh, Michael uh, Tosa in the Auburn School District in episode 59. And it's been one of the probably most listened to podcasts uh, that we had. It's the one we get the most feedback on. And so from time to time, I like to go back and revisit this idea uh, of what does that mean and, and, and kind of maybe even dig deeper or talk about different ways that that happens in your classroom. And again, if you have ways that you structure your classroom with the deep integration of technology, uh, please, uh, we'd love to have you for a guest to talk about what that looks like uh, in your classroom as well. So let me set the stage for you to kind of what what this happened. This was a model lesson that I, I was working with a school in Germany around the integration of technology. Um, and at the time, I was meeting with different middle school departments in about 90-minute blocks, talking about ways they could use technology they had available to them. Uh, the conversation with the science department wasn't going very well, and I was getting a lot of resistance to what I was talking about with the teachers. And finally, one teacher, when I was talking with the science department, uh, finally one teacher said, you know, that just won't work. I can't see it. I need to see it in my classroom. So long story short, about an hour later, uh, I find myself in a computer lab with seven with seventh graders and six teachers watching me do a model lesson. So I had very little time to plan, didn't have a clue I was going to do this, um, but really wanted to show the power of, and again, it's just, it's highly structured, loosely organized, but also authentic, purposeful use, that there's a time and a place and a purposeful use for technology in our classrooms. And and hopefully what you're going to see through this lesson is there isn't a lot of technology loose, but the highly structured, loosely organized using technology with that in appropriate ways really, I I hope, um, fostered the beginning 
of where this teacher uh, could have taken the lesson. Uh, so I asked, um, I asked what they were studying, and it was states of matter. The matters come in, you know, three basic states: gas, liquid, solid. And that was really where the unit was getting started with this teacher. And so I remembered reading on the plane to Germany that NASA. Uh, that NASA's Pluto probe had discovered water on Pluto. And if you follow NASA or anything with space, this was a quite a big discovery at the time. Uh, and um, of course, the, the state of the water was in ice. So like most teachers, when I'm put into a situation like this, where I have very little planning time or even time to kind of wrap my head around where it is I want to go with kids, I fall back on a highly structured, loosely organized lesson model that has worked for me at all age groups. I use this with uh, I use this with teachers and professional development. I've used this with third and fourth graders. And it's kind of like my, oh no, I have to do something. What's the structure I can put in place? And so here's kind of the outline that I always fall back on, especially when I'm starting uh, new units or if I'm, I'm thrown into a model situation where I haven't had a lot of planning time. The outline kind of goes like this. I give students 10 minutes to research a topic where, uh, where they get to go and find the information uh, that they are interested in. I don't care where they learn from. It can be videos. It can be audio. It can be images. They get 10 minutes to be free on the internet. All right. So the structure is 10 minutes. The loose organization is the internet to your research base, right? Then we take that, that idea and, we, and for three or five minutes, depending on the age of the students, uh, we share that new knowledge with others in the class. And then we have 10 minutes as a class to bring our new knowledge together to see where we want to go to the, uh, from here, what questions do we have, where, where are we at? Uh, from that, we take about five minutes looking at patterns within the questions that we have and create big ideas or themes that we can then dive deeper into. Uh, each student decides what idea or theme they want to study, uh, which one is most interesting to them, and form groups around those interests to study and learn more about. And then the idea is, is each one of those themes would have to report back to the whole group on what did they learn, what would this mean for them. Uh, so this is my this is my go-to structure that I use. It, it usually takes just about a 50-minute class period. It's really fast place. It is go, 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 which I love, especially uh, with students, because you gotta keep them, gotta keep them engaged and you gotta keep things, gotta keep things moving. So so this is my go-to structure that I use time and time again with any subject area on any topic. It's uh, generic, but it works. And um, why does it work? Because it's highly structured, loosely organized, student ownership of learning, looking at what are they passionate about and what it, do they want to learn. So here's how this one played out in this uh, seventh grade science class. So 10 minutes of research. We started with, um, I have students at, uh, I had students in a computer lab, so I had students sit down at the computers uh, and directed them to the NASA article about the discovery of water on Pluto. It was about a five paragraph or, or so read, so not real long. Uh, I got them excited, of course, talking about how cool it is that we found water on Pluto and what an amazing discovery this is. I think the big, beautiful image of Pluto at the top of the article helped to engage their visual media first brains, of course. And you could see as I started just kind of planting the seed of, of what does this mean? You can see that kind of sparkle of curiosity in their eyes. And that's when I know I have them, you know, teachers, you know that, you know, when all of a sudden you look out and you just see that they want to know more, you know, you have them look. So at this point I'm, I'm like, okay, so I want you to start by reading this article and then follow the links, do your own research, find out more about what does this mean for us as humans? Why is this such a big deal? Why are we so, why is it crazy that we found water on Pluto? What does this mean to go? And then I set a timer and I said, ready, 
go. And I literally put a timer. I love using, you go to google.com, you type in set a 10 minute timer and it just sets a timer. That's all I did. And I have that up on the, on the projector. And so for 10 minutes, kids are clicking away, they're reading, they read the NASA article that gives them a little background that gives us a a, a solid, a solid background that we're all starting from. And then from there, they're all over the internet and there's kids watching YouTube videos and, and kids looking at images and it was just kids everywhere on the internet, right? That's the loose organization structure. You've got 10 minutes, loose organization, use the internet, find as much as you can. So I set the timer for 10 minutes. After the timer goes off, at the end of the 10 minutes, the alarm sounds and I have each student grab three sticky notes. And so we take these three sticky notes and we use them to play a two cool things and a question. Um, What are two cool things you learned in your research that you didn't know before? And what is one question that you had, that if you had more time to research, you would want to know more? about. So on each sticky note, you know, one cool thing on a different sticky note, one cool thing. And on the third sticky note, what's the question I still have. I then set a timer for three minutes as they write on their sticky notes. So they don't have a whole lot of time, about three minutes, jot down. What did you learn? Two cool things you learned and a question. Next, it was time to share our newfound knowledge with each other. And the thing I love about doing this is kids have learned from so many different avenues that there's a lot of knowledge in the room, but everybody has a little bit different knowledge. And we don't have a full picture yet, which I love, right? We don't have a full picture. We just know what we were able to learn in 10 minutes. So one of the things that I always go to, and again, if you've ever been in any of my PD sessions, you know I love doing elevator pitches. So we had an elevator pitch. An elevator pitch is where you pretend you were stuck in an elevator with someone for one minute. And so for 30 seconds, your partner tells you what they learned. And for 30 seconds, you tell your partner what you learned. At the end of the one minute, the elevator doors open and you find a new elevator partner. Any of you who have been to my PD trainings right now are probably rolling your eyes or smiling because we use this all the time. This is, again, these are my go-tos, right? Um, So we use this elevator pitch all the time. Uh, So we went through that. And here's the trick with an elevator pitch. Uh, The elevator pitch is all about reading the class. And this is where you know that idea of you got to be being a great teacher, right? You got to read the class. So with these seventh graders, as with almost every age, I see it play out pretty much the same way. They first go to a friend to share. And so they find their friend and they share their sticky notes. Then another friend, uh, then they go to another friend in the next round. Well, by the third or fourth round, they've kind of ran out of their close friends in the class. And so that pushes them to maybe go talk to somebody they wouldn't regularly talk to. And when you get to that stage, not only have you now repeated your own ideas two or three times, but you've also got ideas from people you trust. So it's a little easier to go to someone who maybe isn't your friend or you don't get to talk to all the time and kind of share your sticky notes with them. And that's where reading the room comes in because, you know, you can do this. I do this a minimum of three rounds and I've done this as many as five rounds. And remember each round is only a minute. So five rounds is literally five minutes, right? It's really fast paced. 30 seconds, go 30 seconds, go change elevators, 30 seconds, go 30 seconds, go change elevators goes really, really quickly. Meanwhile, kids are thinking about what are, what are they saying to their partner? And they start to solidify the information in their own understanding. understanding. Plus they get four or five new ideas from the people they talk to. After that, next, it's time to bring all of this new knowledge uh, and questions we have floating around in the room together. So for about 10 minutes, the students stood with me at the whiteboard. Now, they're not sitting back at the computers because I know if they're in front of the computers, they're going to be, because we're in a lab situation, they're going to be off task. So I literally have them all at the front of the room with me on the whiteboard, right? And so 
for the next 10 minutes, uh, the students stood with me at the whiteboard and we started to write down all the questions we had based on what we had read, researched, and other questions that might have popped up from talking to people in our elevator pitches. And so we just start writing every question on the board, any question. There's no bad question, right? We just write every question on the board. And at the end of about 10 minutes, we had somewhere probably between you know, 20 to 30 questions. Uh, everything from why do we care as humans about water on Pluto to how could we get that water back to Earth to how do you get there uh, without running into space debris uh, that we don't even know is out there, which I thought was a really cool question, right? Um, so next, after we had all these questions on the board, next I had students uh, get into groups of three. So we got into triads, uh, still standing at the whiteboard with me and asked them to look at all of the questions and see if there were any any patterns or themes that were emerging. So for roughly about five minutes, kids were pointing at things on the board, talking in their triads about what is a theme or is there there just some structure that we see to all of these questions that you might have. And as we're going through this, all of a sudden a girl comes up and picks up a green marker and, and starts putting stars next to a couple questions. And she's talking with her team and, and they're putting green stars. And my first thinking was, how dare you take over my whiteboard? No, that wasn't. That wasn't my thinking. My thinking was, how crazy is this that the kids are starting to self-organize their own themes without even asking, right? They're starting to to make markers. And all of a sudden other groups are like, oh yeah, we'll put a star next to this one and put a star next to that one. And so as this started to go, I finally stopped them. I said, okay, okay, okay. Now from here, let's take a step back. You've already started to self-organize a little bit. Um, so this took about three minutes or so. We didn't even make it the full five minutes. Uh, and so I said, okay, now, now what are you seeing? What, what, what do you notice here? And so we started to discuss as a group then, as a whole group, what were we seeing and what came to, uh, and, and what came out of that where we really found three big themes and we were able then to take the different colored markers and, and kind of look at all of the questions on the board and come up with the big three themes. And here are the themes that this class came up with. Theme number one was space travel. Basically, how do we get there and back? And that really was led by, I had a, a there was a 12 year old in the class and as they were doing their research for the first 10 minutes, uh, he was talking about, he's like, uh, I remember coming over to him. I, I, remember, I tell this story all the time. I came over to him and he was like, oh my gosh. He's like, it takes 10 years to get there. He's like, so if we want to get the water, I leave now when I'm 12. I'm there when I'm 22. I'm back when I'm 32 and I retire. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't that sound awesome? If you could leave now when you were 12, think you'd have to be there and back. And that doesn't count any time being there, collect the water, you know? And it's just mind blowing to think about how far away uh, something like Pluto is. It would take you 10 years to get there. Uh, so that was theme number one was there's all these questions about space travel and how do we get there and, and why, and how would we get back once we got there? Cause you have to have enough fuel and all kinds of really, really cool questions around that. Theme number two that emerged was all about the water. Why, why is there water on Pluto? How did it get there? Uh, what do we know about it? One of the articles that a couple of the students read talked about that there is water on Pluto, but they believe there are some bad gases stuck in the ice, uh, that are, harmful to humans. And so it's not just as easy as going there, grabbing the, you know, grabbing this ice and bringing it back to earth. We've got to think about how are we going to purify that, uh, along with any other debris that might be out there that is not, um, native to earth as well. And the third theme that 
uh, came out of this was kind of a so what theme. And I get this theme a lot when I do this, even with adults. There's always adults that are like, so what? Why should I care about this? Or why should I care about this? And so this is usually always a theme I get is it's, I call it the so what theme. You know, why should we care about this as humans? What does this mean to us as a human race? Why is this important for us? So you almost get this. So I always get, again, I always get that kind of, so what theme and it's fine. I love that theme. A lot of people need to know why, why do I need to care? What does this mean for me? And it's a great theme to have. I have no problem with that theme. So after the class was good with the theme, with the three themes, we identified they put their question sticky notes on the theme that it best related to. So we had the big three themes kind of on the board, and I just said, you know, grab your question mark, look at the question that you have on your sticky note, and can you put your sticky note with the theme that it best fits with? And it's really cool because we only had about five questions left over. And those five questions, uh, were ju- we just put in, uh, we created another little section just called things we want to know about, you know, that didn't fit in the three themes. And so those questions were still up on the board with everybody else's. They just didn't fit in the, in the th- three themes. And so we, we had the themes, we were ready to go. And then, you know, after the class was good with the three themes, we identified those, uh, put those sticky notes on. And it, and if it didn't relate to the theme, we had this want to know group. I then told students, and this is my, my favorite part, I didn't even check with the teacher of the class who I was doing this with, uh, because that's just what I do. But then I told the students, I said, okay, you, you've been tasked with finding out um, a way to get this water from Pluto to Earth safely. Over the next few weeks, you will have to figure out how to do that. I'd like, I'd like you to think about what part of this you are most interested in and want and would want to focus on. If you are interested in, say, for example, space travel, then I would like you to go stand here. If you were interested in studying more about the water, will you go stand here? And if you're more interested in, in the big question, why, what does this mean for humanity, will you stand here? And so I, I had three places in the classroom and kids then moved based on the passion and what they wanted to learn about to that area. And they basically self-formed groups, right? And so we had one group that's just going to talk about space travel, one group that's just going to focus on the water, and a third group that's just going to focus on the why. And, and that's, where we, that's where we were going to start. And so uh, as, we, as we started to go through this, um, we started thinking about, you know, what does this mean and where does this go? And so if you are interested, you know, if you're interested in this, where, what, what's the end? So, so what, what really is the story's end? And so then I, I tasked them, I said, so here's my question to you. Where would you have gone? Um, where would you have gone next with this? And so I've got these kids in three groups. We're ready to rock and roll. And where would you go next? Because the, the, lesson at this point is basically over. I've got these kids standing in three groups around self-organized themes about how they're going to study uh, about uh, gas and material. And, And looking back, you know, looking back, I can easily see studying the states of matter, you know, the idea of solids, liquids, and glass gases, at least two of the themes. So space travel, I could totally see that group getting into the idea of the benefits of fuel being a gas or a liquid. And does some of your fuel need to be in, in a liquid form, for example, getting out of earth atmosphere? And then is it better in a gas form so it doesn't freeze in outer space? So I think there's a lot of really cool things you could break down with that group. Uh, and why does that matter? Why does the state of 
of your fuel matter as you're traveling to Pluto and back. Uh, And then, of course, the water theme on what state would be best to bring water back. Is it going to be best to bring this water back as, as a liquid, solid, or gas? And is there a way to have the water go through a purification process by changing it from one state to another? So those two themes I could really see going back to Um, what they were studying, the unit that they were studying. I could see those two fit in pretty good. The third theme, I'm not so sure about, right? Um, I'm pretty sure if I thought about it, I could find a way to bring in the states of matter into that that uh, third theme. So, so here's the thing. The structure I put in place allowed the students to organize their own thinking, to own the learning, and decide their passion for what they were interested in around a given topic, right? And we were talking about states of matter, and finding uh, water on Pluto. But my thing is, where would you have gone next with this? What would have been your next move? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, because at this point, I step out of the classroom, and this teacher is left with these three groups that are self-organized around passion questions that they really want to dive into. You know you have the overarching theme of states of matter, where would you have gone next with these three groups? How would you have dove deeper into that? Uh, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is, you know, each group is probably going to have to give a presentation at the end uh, of, you know, what does this mean? At some point, I can totally see at some point these, these, they're going to have to intermix because the group that is just about space travel has to make sure that there's room for a gas, liquid, or solid water on the spaceship to get back to earth. Um, overarching, we have the whole why question. Why is this important? Where's this go from here? But where would you have gone with this? How would you have structured this next. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to leave a comment on this episode, uh, you can go to sospodcast.org, episode 67. If you want to leave a comment on the Flipgrid, uh, you can do that over at sospodcast.org slash questions or anywhere else that you want to get a hold of me. But uh, hopefully you see the structure here of highly structured, loosely organized, right? The structure of time is really what this is about, is being very like 10 minutes of research, three minutes to gather your thoughts, five minutes to debrief as a group. And we take kids through a very highly structured, loosely organized, self-creating, self-group creating atmosphere. And when we talk about technology, we use technology very little in this. Technology really was only used at the very beginning in this lesson. This is just one lesson, remember. But technology is only used in the beginning to get that background information, to do those research skills. So you only have you know, basically 10 minutes on a computer and I was in a computer lab. The rest of the time is how do we debrief that? How do we bring that together? And I can see using a lot of technology moving forward in this unit, but for today, for this lesson to get these kids interested, the right, the right amount of time was 10 minutes. It was the right tool. It was purposeful, authentic use to get them passionate and interested on something that was happening in their world in that moment. And then use that to self-organize into passion groups that they can move forward with. So I hope this has been a, a kind of a, I hope you understand, kind of get uh, this idea of highly structured, loosely organized through this, uh, through a science, a science kind of scenario with these students. And again, if you have any questions or comments, leave a comment here, uh, hit me up on social media, or you can head over to our Flipgrid. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you on the network. 
Thank you for listening to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Shifting Our Schools is part of the Eduro Learning Podcast Network. For more great content, visit sospodcast.org or follow us at Eduro Learning on Facebook and Twitter. Leave a review, rate, and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Shifting Our Schools.